0: Hello, and welcome to show number 2332 of Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy.
1: It's all me, but it is under an LLC that I created called Dark Horse Game Studios.
0: Does Dark Horse mean something?
1: Dark Horse was actually my battalion's call sign in the Marine Corps. And then when I moved to Denver and found my jujitsu gym, it was called Dark Horse as well. And then just from my own struggles with depression, I just thought it, it was cool to kind of have that, that ode to my battalion and then that it just resonates with me.
2: And today's guest not only has a remarkable story, but also just released a great new word game app for iOS devices. Zach Tidwell
0: was a Marine who lost all of his sight in an instant during a period of deep depression, despite the odds he quickly adapted to blindness, learned blindness skills, and taught himself to code with the result of his first fully accessible game app. But first, for a tip of the week. this week's tip comes from Zack Tidwell
1: My tip would be to really stop and and think and do some introspection on something that you've either always wanted to try or used to do and no longer do because of your disability and get online and and Google ways to do it. I guarantee you that there's someone who's already done it or has figured it out. And sometimes the the information is a little more convoluted than you might like, but take that chance and reach out to somebody and, and try and get involved And whether it's, rock climbing or scuba diving or skydiving. I mean, Just get out there and, and challenge yourself to do something new.
0: And one interesting way of learning from people who have figured out ways to do many of these hobbies and sports and other activities is we've probably done an episode with somebody who's done it. So search for it in the Eyes on Success archives. And if there's something that you want to figure out how to do and we haven't done a show on it, let us know and we'll find somebody who's done it.
2: Support for Eyes on Success is provided by
0: Inclusive, an e-learning platform built for the blind community to learn technology, occupational, and career skills to help you reach your employment goals. More information is at www.clusive.io. That's www.clusive.io. are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, success,
1: success, success, success.
0: Let's start by meeting Zach.
1: My name is Zach Tidwell. I'm 27 years old, and I'm a Marine Corps veteran. I lost my sight four years ago to a suicide attempt. It's been a long process to where we are now, but after kind of learning my blind guy skills, you know, over the course of four years now, I've become a self-taught app developer.
2: And I take it you have no vision at all these days, right?
1: Correct. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm lights out, blind, and deaf in one ear. My suicide attempt was with a firearm, so I shot myself in the head, and just some of the bullet fragments lodged themselves in my inner ear, so I'm deaf on that side.
2: Well, I guess it sounds like you're lucky to be alive. I'm glad, glad you're still alive to uh, share your apps and experience with the world.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's, it's been a, a bit of a, a journey, but we're doing good.
0: What else do you do for fun?
1: I lift weights six days a week. I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I rock climb. I whitewater raft. Um, I'll be whitewater kayaking for the first time later this month. Hiking and skiing and all sorts of stuff.
0: So back to your tip, have you gone skydiving blind?
1: Yes. Um, I went skydiving for my 18th birthday when I could see, and last month, I actually went skydiving for the first time blind.
0: And if you think any of that sounds like fun, come back next week, when we'll be talking with Zach about skydiving and some other extreme sports that he engages in. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill.
2: Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic
0: is Zach Tidwell's journey, the Xanagrams app he created, and his plans to develop other accessible apps for iOS devices.
2: As you mentioned in the introduction, Zach, you became blind very suddenly after having normal vision. And I suppose you quickly had to learn not only blindness skills, but you apparently learned enough coding skills to make the app that we'll be talking about today that you designed called xanagrams. But maybe you can give us a preview as to how that transition went for you, developing some of your blindness skills and learning to program.
1: So like I said, I'm a veteran, so the the VA, the Department of Veterans Affairs, actually has really incredible blind rehab services. So after I got done with my facial reconstruction surgery and all, all that stuff, I got sent to blind rehab, and, you know, you kind of get to dip your toe in the water with access technology and gain skills and all that, and that was about three and a half years ago now, and After I got better with screen readers, I got back into college and then I realized how many things are inaccessible. And so I actually dropped out of school about two years ago and started to teach myself how to code after that point. And having had no prior experience, but it just quickly turned into something that I became very passionate about and I enjoy. So now we're here and I have a finished app.
0: Coding is actually very accessible to people with vision loss. Do you do yours totally with speech or do you also use a Braille display?
1: I do all speech. I know some Braille, but it's I'm not fast enough with it to make it worth my time using yet yeah, for coding. But I know some blind developers do primarily use Braille.
2: What were you studying in college before you decided to drop out and learn to code?
1: So, actually, when I got out of the Marines, I was going to school for nursing. I wanted to be, I was a machine gunner in the Marines, and I wanted to be an ER nurse when I got out. And then after I shot myself and was blind, it turns out no one wants you poking people's needles and stuff if you can't see. So, I decided to go for clinical psychology. And same kind of thing. Once I got into my math classes for that degree, a lot of the stuff was inaccessible, and I just got really frustrated with it. And that's kind of when I made the transition.
2: So how did you decide on coding? I mean, you know, I've been blind for a long time, so I know that computers and coding are very accessible to the blind and make for very good careers. But that didn't sound like that's where you were coming from at all. How did the suggestion pop into your head about doing some coding?
1: A lot of it was through research, from just for my frustrations with inaccessibility. So I started to research if that's possible to do blind and found, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it in terms of Decisions for what languages you want to use and and what tools are accessible, but I just slowly kind of found resources where I could bring along and, and practice with and that's what I did to to learn the basics and then I just kind of ran with it.
0: So you're more or less self-taught as a programmer:
1: Yeah, I've never taken any classes or anything I, I just read tutorials online and so the language that I use is actually Apple's programming language called Swift, and there's a website called hackingwithswift.com, and all of the videos on his website have fully accessible transcriptions that include samples of code. So he has this 100 days of of Swift UI course, which is the front end framework that you use to develop all of the the interface elements and stuff like that. And so I went through that whole course and just kind of. Had By the time I was done, I had an idea of what I wanted to do for my first app. And everything after that is just Google to fill in holes in your knowledge, really.
2: That's quite impressive. As you say, Google can be a very good tool for helping to program. Back in the days when I used to program, I was always using the man pages from uh, Linux and whatever programming language I was using. But these days, I just... Google the answer and sometimes you get some code examples as well as some hints as to what to do. So it, it's a great resource.
1: Yeah. There's enough information out there just on different blogs and, and stuff like that. And then the actual documentation for whatever language you're going through to really, it still takes some tinkering, but you can piece together more skills that, that aren't addressed in, in basic tutorials and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty wild.
2: Yeah, and these days you can even use some of those chatbots to write some code for you, or at least a good first attempt at some code that'll give you some good ideas as to how to do it yourself.
1: I definitely wouldn't recommend using one of the, the large language models to learn how to code, but once you already know, it is a good way to help kind of prototype stuff.
2: Now, is Xanagrams the first app that you tried to create?
1: It's the first one that I, I've gone the full length with.
0: So we've been talking about Xanagrams as if everybody knows what it is, but can you tell our listeners what Xanagrams is?
1: Yeah, I I would love to. So Xanagrams, wildly creative name, uh, considering it's kind of based around the premise of anagrams. So it's, it's a word puzzle game, and every puzzle that you play has six anagrams in it. And for those of you who don't know, an anagram is a word puzzle where you get a hint to try and and give you direction of what the answer to that that sentence fragment might be. So your clue might be the hair equivalent for birds and the answer would be feather. So in Xanagrams, you have six of those in each puzzle and at the end of each of those anagrams, it tells you the number of letters that apply to the answer for that clue and then along the bottom of the bottom portion of the screen all six of those answers have been broken up into random groups of two or three letters and you can tap buttons with those letter groups in them to add them to your spelling so you know with feather it might be f e and then a t h and then e r but that's again that's scrambled in with all of the letter groups from the other five anagrams and as you spell different answers, the game automatically detects once you've solved an answer, and it removes all of those buttons from, from your letter group button bank. And then you can kind of use the process of elimination to, to solve your way through some of the harder puzzles, because there's a, a big mix of themed and unthemed puzzles for whatever kind of topic you would might possibly be, be interested in.
0: So you very kindly gave us a trial version so we could each test it out. And with Pete being fully blind, he was doing it with voiceover. I'm fully sighted, so I was using it without the screen reader. It's fun. It's a cute game. I learned there were a couple words I didn't know how to spell properly.
1: Yeah, I've I've gotten some feedback like that in in terms of... people realizing that you've had this this wrong idea of how to spell words um i actually learned that i didn't know how to spell a lot of the words that i wrote i've typically been pretty good at spelling but i i have code that basically spell checks all of the the clues and the answers on the back end but when i when i build the app and there were so many of those puzzles that i had to go back through and fix but um (laughs) i'm glad that you guys liked it Especially from the, the sighted perspective, obviously, I've, I've never been able to lay eyes on my own creation, so it's good to hear.
2: Well, I thought it was particularly neat as a blind person. You can tell this was developed by a blind person because it works really well with voiceover, and it's very easy to flick around and navigate back and forth and work this puzzle. I was a little bit nervous at first. When I think of anagrams, I think of scrambled up words that you have to rearrange the letters. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have to interact with the keyboard. And you know, if I use a Bluetooth keyboard, that's one thing, but the keyboard on the screen is sometimes a nuisance if you're blind. But this was very user-friendly to a person using voiceover. So kudos for that.
1: Thanks. Yeah, that was a, a big thing early on, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, obviously, I'm a voiceover user too. And I, I was like, how can I make this less of a, a hassle to try and play? Accessibility has been my first priority with everything. And then kind of trying to make it look good for people who can see after has come afterwards. And it's probably the polar opposite of what, you know, sighted developers do. So it's, it's been interesting.
0: Have you gotten any feedback from low vision users? It seems to me that you purposely chose the color scheme with very high contrast and a yellow green background. Have you gotten feedback from them? I really haven't.
1: That was actually, that that was something that I I really tried to get. So the, the version that you guys played was the completely finished version A couple months ago, I I released a public beta, which was the first fully working version that I had, and there were over 100 testers, and I really, I got, you know, descriptive feedback from maybe 10 or 15 people, and I think one of them was low vision, and so... With that sample size and then not have it being able to go back and communicate and interact with that person to update stuff and send them a new version and then fix little smaller stuff. I took what I could from the little feedback that I got and tried to fix it. And I've reached out to try and get more help and haven't really received any answers. So I'm just, I'm going to release it. Now that I've addressed some of those things, I've had several sided people mention that it, it does look like it's reasonable color choices for for contrast. But I'm hoping that as it gets some more exposure after it's on the App Store that I'll have some low vision folks reach out so that I can make it even better for them as well.
2: I mentioned using voiceover. It was a very easy and pleasurable experience. But as Nancy said, it's also a fun game. It's not like you're just unscrambling words and making new words and stuff. It's almost like you feel you're learning something because there are these little questions you're asking and you're filling in the answers and so you feel some reinforcement that you did something right and you actually learned something. You did make it fun.
1: Yeah. You get a, get a nice little sound effect and all that. And there's actually, Xenograms has a scoring system and it also keeps track of the amount of time that it takes you to complete a puzzle. So if it starts to take off, I'd, I'd like to implement some leaderboards at some point so you can, Show your friends you're better than them and all that good stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I thought I noticed you had these uh, share your results with a friend so you can actually work this app yourself and interact about the app with other people who are using it.
0: Yeah, so the first time I played it, which was before Pete ever tried it, and I was trying to motivate him to get involved, I had done pretty well and I hit the button, you know, share your results with a friend, and I said, send it as email to Pete. And I was a little embarrassed by the note it generated, not to brag or anything, but but he didn't take it badly.
1: Yeah, I've programmed it to automatically generate different messages based on your, your actual score. So I'm glad that somebody noticed that. It's just a goofy thing that I wanted to throw in there because it fits with my sense of humor, but I'm glad you noticed that.
2: Well, I think that's kind of fun to throw in some randomness and some humor into these apps. I mean, you don't want to just feel like you're a slave to the computer. That You know, you did make the app entertaining. How do you come up with all these questions and clues? That must be an interesting job in itself.
1: That has actually taken quite a considerable amount of time. So I don't know if you guys noticed obviously like you had limited access to the different puzzle packs that that were available but uh there's a mix of themed puzzle packs from anywhere from ancient history to outer space to you know u.s geography and stuff like that that are going to be available and that i've already written and then there's some that are unthemed, like those word salad puzzles that you guys saw, which make it a little harder because you don't have a general theme of which to kind of keep your train of thought on. The unthemed ones are way easier to write than the themed puzzle packs because in every puzzle pack, you you essentially have 60 anagrams because there's, there's 10 puzzles with six anagrams each. And by the time that you get to like number 40, of like For ancient history, like it's starting to stretch the knowledge that I already know in the back of my head. And then I kind of start to start pulling my hair out, trying to figure out like, okay, what else can I Google here to try and fill in more of my knowledge to write all that stuff? But it's, I think at this point, I've written, there's 13 puzzle packs written, so I've, I've written almost 800
2: anagrams. Holy moly. Wow.
0: Yeah. You must be feeling very ambivalent about whether you want this to become popular or not, because if people start doing it a lot, you're going to need more puzzle packs.
1: I would love if, if it took off, like my my kind of pipe dream here is that if, if I was able to grow my company and bring on other developers and then have a company that's putting out an increasing number of accessible apps. I mean, that's the the goal and to be able to set that as a standard, like, Hey, it does take extra work, but it's, it's worth putting the time in. There's no reason that larger companies can't be making their apps accessible. It just costs them extra money, so they don't. So I would like to eventually be, be a, a business that's setting the example and the tone moving forward.
0: Have you set up a company already, or is it just you doing everything?
1: It's all me, but I, it is under an LLC that I created called Dark Horse Game Studios.
0: Does Dark Horse mean something?
1: Dark Horse was actually my battalion's call sign in the Marine Corps. And then it's something that when I moved to Denver and found my jujitsu gym, it was called Dark Horse as well. And then just from my own struggles with depression and kind of coming through where I am now, it's like, you know, the Dark Horse is like the unexpected kind of pull through sort of stuff. And so I just thought it it was cool to kind of have that, that ode to my battalion and then that it just resonates with me.
2: Cool. So it's obviously a lot of work developing and coding this game. And then now it seems like it's a fair amount of work putting together the puzzle packs and all. So you're pretty busy now. But as you get this more under your belt and out there to the world, it sounds like you envision making more apps that are accessible to visually impaired folks.
1: Yeah, I've I've actually started on the next one already. Um I'm doing this back and forth with Apple right now with Xanagrams because when you want to when you have a finished app and you want to submit it to the app store, there's this big review process and a lot of the the tools that you have to go through for Apple are inaccessible. And then by the time that I'm finally able to get some cited help and get something submitted or updated after there's an issue that Apple brings to my attention. There's a twenty four to forty eight hour turnaround. So in the meantime, while I'm I'm trying to deal with that stuff, I've I've started I've kind of gone back to my original idea that I was interested in, in making in in the first place. And so I I'm starting to work on a on a fantasy RPG right now.
2: That also sounds like a lot of work inventing all these worlds and places and characters.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, though. I, I really like to write, and I'm a big science fiction and fantasy fan. And obviously, I like, I've like i learned over the past almost two years that I really like to code. So um, while I'm building out so all of the the data systems and the, the AI for this game, I, I'm actually going back to college for creative writing with an emphasis on fiction this fall to help support some of that the stuff that I want to do with this app and future apps. But I would definitely say this one's going to be a bigger undertaking than Xanagram's.
0: Between being a student and a jujitsu student and writing these apps, do you also have a day job that supports all of this? No.
1: So, um, dark horse is my, my day job. I'm service connected for all of my disabilities because they are service related. So I've I've got income from that in my, in my veterans benefits for healthcare and stuff like that. And I've just gone all in. I mean, I tip it, on average, when I'm in town, it's definitely more than 40 hours a week on it was for Xanagrams, and it'll be the same moving forward.
0: Well, it has to be to come up with a quality app. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I'm in a really fortunate position that's allowed me to dive into coding and take all the time to learn all this because there is a lot to it so I've been very very fortunate
2: well it sounds like you've certainly made a remarkable transition and are having a lot of fun doing what you're doing to produce some value for other people around the world so I I really admire what you've done it's not easy to suddenly become blind hard enough to learn those skills but then you actually put those skills to use in doing something practical and starting this company
1: yeah, thank you. I mean, it's been it, it helps that I enjoy it, you know. If I if I didn't like what I was doing, I I don't think Xanagrams would ever have become a thing. But that was part of losing my sight though, and in coming back was finding out how to do old hobbies like snowboarding and rock climbing and all this other stuff that I go do and then finding new ones, which you no, know, I, I used to draw a lot and I can't do that anymore, but coding and writing have become a really big creative outlet for me. And I think it's it's some of that just I don't think you have to have gained a disability to do that. It's but I, I do think that kind of set me in the mind state for discovering new things like
0: that.
2: There are many ways of enjoying life. Yeah. There really are.
0: And next week, we'll learn about some of the many other ways Zach enjoys life. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success. Success.
1: Success. Success. Success.
0: Now for this week's final item, how to get the Xanagram's Wordplay app and how to contact Zach Tidwell.
2: Well, Zach, now that Xanagrams is in the public domain, tell people where they can get it if they want to check it out.
0: Yeah, so it is only
1: available on the Apple App Store. So if you go onto your iPhone or your iPad and go in the App Store and search in type in Xanagrams, which is anagrams with a Z. So Z A N A G R A M S, it should pop up. And hopefully when some of the listeners start to listen to this down the road, it'll be trending and maybe be something that's suggested for word puzzle games.
2: And you talked about your LLC, Dark Horse. Do you have a website for that?
1: I do. So the website is still a work in progress, but it is www.darkhorsegamestudios.com. And you can email me. If you have any, any questions about learning to code or anything, any feedback on the app or more things you would like to see, at contact at com, Just an email, and I'll, I'll reply to you as soon as I can.
0: Do you have a social media presence?
1: I have a, a Twitter, which is at, at Zach C. Tidwell, so Z-A-C-H the letter C, as in Charlie, and then Tidwell is T-I-D, as in Delta, W-E-L-L.
2: If you missed any of those resources, you can find them in the show notes associated with episode 2332 at www.eyesonsuccess.net. Although the Xanagrams app was just recently launched on Apple's App Store, I noted that it got plenty of press on the Apple Viz website. So there are plenty of people who are interested in it, and it seems like a fun game. We've tried it out, as we mentioned in the show, and I think you'll like it. If you're looking for the Apple Viz site, that can be found at APplevis.com. It's a very useful site for all things Apple and accessibility. That's it for today's show. Next week on Eyes on
0: Success, we'll be talking about skydiving and other sports. Zach Tidwell was very active before suddenly losing his sight a few years ago, but that hasn't slowed him down. He continues to enjoy many sports as adapted to accommodate his blindness, including skydiving.
2: So thanks for joining us this week, and we hope you'll join us next week to go skydiving with Zach.